Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, it's three o'clock. I think you know what that means. It's time for the Lori and Julia show. I had FOMO for Tanya Tucker last night. I was watching Twitter. Not that there are a lot of people tweeting about it, but John Bream was there. Yes. And it sounded like she had a very good show, although kind of a brief set, as they say in the business. 70 minutes. That's plenty. That's plenty. Julian's a fan. The favorite concert she ever went to, Ellie, we saw Lisa Marie Presley. In 2010 at the Fine Line, the show started at 9 and was over at 9.55. Julia was in heaven. I don't need all of, every, every, like, Taylor Swift's concert, to me, sounds like work. Oh. So I could kind of, I mean, I would still go. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I guess she brought, Tanya brought her her French bulldog up on stage. Cute. Took oh, a while to get, to get the dog off. and. She, John Bream, in his review, wrote that she does what old school country artists do. When the last song is sung, which, of course, was Delta Dawn, she stays up on the stage. And anyone who wants to come up and get an autograph or give her flowers or take a picture, she does. So she stayed for 15, 20 minutes. That's so sweet. That is very sweet. Uh, that is very, very, but no, very I was sweet. busy falling in love with Bridgerton all over again, watching Queen Charlotte. I told you. Yeah. Ellie, have you finished it? I have not finished it, so yeah. don't spoil it. I have. No, I, I, like, I didn't finish one it One and either. a half episodes left, but I am obsessed. I'm a huge Bridgerton person. But yeah. I love this one. I've gone back and rewatched some of them because it's so clever. Because of how they're telling the story. I've only mm-hmm. watched three episodes. Oh, yeah. So. There's only six. I'm so disappointed about that. All the other Bridgertons had eight. Mm-hmm. But um, the young actress who plays the young queen is brilliant. She's oh. so good. Mm-hmm. And the young one who plays the young... Um, the King George. Yes, he is great. And the other one who plays the young... Um, her her Brimsley? Yeah. No, Brimsley, but the, her friend. Oh, yes, yes, her friend, so Lady... Good. Yeah, I can't think of what her lady, name is. Not Danbury. Uh, Dan, it's Lady Danbury. It is Lady Danbury. Like the young Lady Danbury. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So that is something good on Netflix. And did you notice that, you know, Lord Danbury, your husband, who you're always seeing him just mindlessly humping her and she's having no joy. (laughs) He was in. What was he in? Power of the Rings. He played the patriarch of the the big footed people. Yes. In the Shire. That's how you know his face. I couldn't figure out where I knew him from. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, he is such a distinctive kind of look. His hair, Mm -hmm. his face. Very much a character actor. Very much. And so he played the papa in the Shire uh, to the one girl who, you know, ends up leaving. Right. Oh, it's so good. I enjoyed it. I really did. I was kind of like, I, you know... I like have half of the last one. I've been savoring it. I don't want it to end. Yeah, I know. It's really good. You might want to. Well, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll fi- TV for you to watch. I'm sure I'll finish it up this weekend. Although I have a lot of um, exciting weekend plans, Julia. Just going out 
and gardening. I've got to do some gardening. I um. I'm mm-hmm. starting my road trip, so to, I'm very excited to go with yeah, my what mom are you doing? and my niece tomorrow. We're going to your bonus daughters, my niece's mm-hmm. house in Evanston, Illinois. It takes six hours and two minutes. I just Googled it. Yeah. And mom is so cute. Okay, I went and got us scones. I've got them in the refrigerator, really good ones for tomorrow for the car ride. And they'll <laughs> just so be good perfect. And crumbly. They'll be good. And I just literally, my car just got it back from getting fixed, and it's so clean. And I even cleaned it more today, and I'm like, oh, good. That'll be good crumbs for everything. But I'm I'm super excited. I mean, how much fun to be able to go on a road trip with your mom. I yeah. so can't wait. And someone, one of my friends said a really fun thing that her um, son and his son do, his son and her his grand, her grandson, is when they're, every time they get gas, because they go on annual trips to the Boundary Waters, mm-hmm. they go into the gas station and take selfies and put try on the gla- sunglasses because everyone has them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that'd be kind of a really cute idea, just but, for something fun, because you got to get up and stretch. They have great glasses at truck stops. They sunglasses. do. They have every kind. They got the kind that someone could look comfortable snowboarding or wakeboarding in they you know the plastic kind of oh, oversized. Yeah. Then they've got the fashion glam ones. Then they've got the imitation Wayfarer Ray Bans. And I learned today about a new type of glasses. They are called Rios. R H E O S. They float. They're floating sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Specifically, one of my children lost a very expensive pair of my glasses in the lake last year. Casey, Had they floated, Casey lost a pair of Maui gems up at Ellie's cabin. Yes. Uh, the first weekend he had them. Yes. I was so mad. And these are reasonably <laughs> priced. R-H-E-O-S, floating shades. I thought that is a really great mm-hmm. idea. It is. Now if they can have floating baseball caps. Yeah. Because those tend to go out too. Well, I've lost <laughs> a pair. I've lost a pair of great sunglasses that I just, I bought the frames and pairs, paid did you, money. Did you look today? Did you try? Because you... You're being a lazy looker. You've talked to me for two weeks about these, but yet you haven't gone through any of the bags that you came back with <laughs> that they might be in. So, lazy looker. Yeah, yeah I am a the lazy The more you looker. talk about it, it's going to start to bug you, and you might do it, something. It is bothering. That's why yeah. I keep bringing it up. I'm hoping it's going to motivate my looking genie. You'll look. I'm kind of sick about it. Well, you haven't even looked, though. I know. I'm getting <laughs> I mean, this is my sick. favorite. I've <laughs> lost them. I'm devastated. They were so expensive, but I yet I haven't even looked for them yet. And that is a crazy statement. I finished that damn Andy Cohn's book. Oh. And at the end of it, I listened to it. At the end of it, uh, Daddy Diaries. At the beginning, he starts out, I hate doing this. I wrote it. I lived it. I have Now I have to read it to you guys. But at the end of it, he says... I really did enjoy recording this, and I hope you did too, um, even though I complained uh. at the beginning. But he, um, the only last kind of big caveat was that after Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper got so drunk in 2021 New Year's Eve, <laughs> CNN told them they could not drink. Imbibe, nothing. Nothing. They probably had an edible. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it ended? Well, that's kind of... Because it, it, it was January, a year. January. It started on January 1st, and it ended on New Year's Eve. But And um, and so the year I grew up, you know, he yeah. has two children now, realizes he can't party like a rock star every night. Mm-hmm. And um, his life is so busy, it would make me have... Yeah. Constant. Does he write much about SJP, or does he really... He sees him all to, the time. He does. Okay. Sees him, he's besties with Amy Sedaris, John Mayer, Sarah, and... Um, 
Matthew. Matthew. Um, Fallon and Seth Meyers. Not about either of them. Really, it's more, um, and then just the housewife stuff. Yeah. You know, that's about it. All right. Yeah. Well, I will read it. I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. And I'll wait till it comes out and trade paper. Yes, I would do that too. Yeah. Because you're not going to learn anything new. The only big thing, really, that I didn't know was that Caroline um, Radsworth. Radswell, yeah. She didn't quit. She didn't get a contract. And they allowed her to make it look like she quit. That was really the only thing that you (laughs) didn't know already. All right. Well, yeah. there you go. Now you know what Julia knows from reading, listening to the Daddy Diaries the year I grew and up. And you don't really have to know. Yeah. Okay. There you Onward go. and upward. All right. Listen, when we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Hey, everybody. Lori and Julia here for Hammernecks. First of all, we want to wish Ted a big happy birthday. It's coming up next month. That's right. Uh-huh. Just, I mean, Lynn and Ted have. Uh, been leaders in the flooring solution in this business for over 77 years and they are dedicated and the reason they've stayed in business all these years is service 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 product pricing fair pricing you know what's out there in the market and we also like that not only do they have the largest selection of in-stock flooring and the best team of flooring experts to assist you if you need that but also they offer the 12 percent automatic off the price of anything that's right. in stock. Up so front. you don't have to wait for a rebate. Upfront discount. You don't have to. They'll do it all for you. They have designers on staff. They've got installers on staff. They have the most amazing products for you to go check out. Open seven days a week. Go to Hammer Nicks. Tell them the girl sent you. I'm away from you. I'm happy Friday. Yay. I know everybody around here is pretty happy. It's Friday and we'd like to report it's a ghost town around here. As it always is, Julia. People have appointments on Friday. As, I know as I have a lot too. of dental appointments. As we would too. On Friday afternoon. Okay, so uh, Cannes Film Festival, um, you know, like day three going on. And before we get to the big movie premiere that happened last night, Al Fanning went to, it was like a, a women in cinema party that they had. There's just a gazillion oh, parties. of course. Put on a lot by jewelry companies, et cetera, et cetera. Clothing companies. Yes, and Al Fanning um, wore a, a Paco Rabanne dress, and, of course, he passed away last fall, but one of the things he was known for was doing dresses out of metallics and these big paillettes, which a paillette, if I'm saying it right, they're the big big sequence oh yeah 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 yeah. okay i think you had a pretty top i do still have it has the big pay yes i do so so she is this and ellie posted it for us and it is absolutely unbelievable metallic feathers dress held up by a metal necklace with attached like sunburst they almost look like the pasties that janet jackson had on her nipple when you know the infamous Super Bowl. Uh, they, they look happened. like stars. They look like stars, but yes. that's what Janet yes. Jackson yes. had on. Yes, yes. And she's, you know, got a small bus. She's just a, you know, a good size A. So it looks pretty. It looks beautiful. It really is. It now, really. Does. I mean that. And she captioned it. Now this is a party dress, and I just thought, <gasps> what. A fun dress to dance in. Mm-hmm. So that's posted for your viewing pleasure. Then 
the Cannes Film Festival. Our buddy Roger Friedman at Showbiz 411 was there last night. Oh, lovely. So here's what he said about um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of uh, Destiny, which premiered last night, um, is that he said, listen, it's easy to slag the final Indiana Jones movie. James Mangold directs. Harrison Ford returns for his fifth outing. They do the de-aging thing. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is now his frenemy and goddaughter, the child of his old pal, Basil Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Played by Toby. And there's the inevitable, you know, happy ending. But it's not a metaverse movie, is what Friedman writes. He says, Mangold and company do resolve a big issue from the fourth film, what happened to Muff, played by Shia LaBeouf, who was Indy and Marion's presumed son, played mm-hmm. by Alan. Mm-hmm. It's explained in this movie. A I lot never of, saw number four. Okay, well, here's what, I think this important point that Roger writes. Okay. He said, a lot of people forget Raiders of the Lost Ark was always a send-up and tribute to B-movie reels from the 40s and 50s. If you remember the very original movie, it's full of set pieces, um, big, huge set pieces that make it Dial of Destiny is too. And they're pretty clever, even if they're the CGI might seem a little wonky sometimes. Uh, scene set in New York are definitely other racing things are in the whole mm-hmm. feel of Raiders of the Lost Ark. There are nods to the first three movies, including something that. Indy hates very much. And um, anyway, he's like, Harrison Ford is one of the last great movie stars that we have. And even though... Still acting. Yeah, still acting. Everyone loves him. And we posted the photos, I think, of him yesterday. And he has it. He still has it. I mean, he was in Shrinking on Apple. Seeing him in a comedy was a delight. Without a shirt on. Yes. As an 80-year-old. Yes. He's amazing. And he and his wife were, I guess, they were the main attractions all night. Callista Flockhart. Callista Flockhart. Uh And later at a swanky party at the Hotel Carlton Beach Club, it got for the Cannes Film Festival what would be called tepid applause because it was only... Not quite sick. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Six minutes. Yeah. And at Cannes, remember last year for Elvis, I mean, it got 15. like... Yeah, 15 minutes. Mm, even Johnny Depp's movie got seven. Yes. And... um. So the standing ovation would be what the French would call 
lukewarm. Um, and they always get standing ovations at yes, they do. in Venice. And yes. five minutes is the bare minimum. And um, uh, I guess Marie Antoinette, that movie got booed at Cannes. Way back when. Way back when. When and, um, Al Fanning or who played her? I um, no, it was Claire, Kirsten not Claire Dunst. Danes, Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst. Yes. Um, so anyway, it just, uh, and then Harrison got an honorary Palme d'Or after the screening. He seemed genuinely moved by it, teared up, and he's become a meme because someone on his team, uh, were taking photos of he and Callista as they were getting ready in their hotel. The cutest thing I've ever and seen. And he kind of peeked out and like was looking peeks at her. around a corner at her how beautiful she looks. Yeah, and it oh, it's already a meme. It's so cute. Because he's just looking around like, wow, you look beautiful. And he's in the white tuxedo jacket. Yeah, it's, it's he so, looks like he was in wow of his yeah, wife by the look on I, his face. It was face. so sweet. It really was. And, um, and then, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's not much out there. There's only eight filed reviews. Three of them are from Variety, and all three of them for Variety are negative. Well, the one thing that they did say (laughs) is they're sick of the reverse aging. Well, that's not any reason. I know, but that's one of the articles. So that's all it is, is is hitting on that. Lori, this is going to be foolproof. I mean, people are going to go see this. This is going to be the last one he's going to be in. Apparently, the criticism is directed toward James Mangold, the director. And he directed Walk the Line, Copland. I mean, he's done a lot of good movies. But the critics, as Roger Friedman points out, the Variety, Hollywood Reporter, and Vanity Fair, they specifically mentioned that he was the wrong director for okay. the movies. Interesting. So, uh, and right. I guess Mads Mikkelsen is in, is in it. And, you know, I always think he's yeah. smoking hot. I love Beyond. him. Even with his bad kind of funny teeth or something. No, Hannibal, I love that. I oh, was kind my of obsessed God. with him. He was so good in that. So, anyway, uh, he. I love that Harrison has become a meme and yep. got all... All teary-eyed, and then, oh, geez, old buzzkiller self has arrived. Who's that? Um, you know, Kate Blanchett. Oh, Kate. <laughs> Kate. Old buzzkiller herself. Well, she must be in something in a new movie she, today. I don't know if she's um, she's on a jury or a, a panel. I think she's always invited. And then that old, uh, the other big gala that was happening in, not in Cannes last night, but in New York City, was the Penn America Literary Gala. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of every, all kinds of people were, were there, but apparently um, Alex Baldwin uh, took the time to berate and yell quite loudly and make a scene at one of the servers at the gala. <laughs> I don't Isn't understand. I do not understand him. Um, yeah. All right, way to go. Yeah, he didn't like that. Uh, he didn't like that she was piling plates on an empty stand-up cocktail table next to him, but they, she was trying to help out another worker, and he was very offended that he was at the table right next to it as she was putting tables okay, there. Okay, that that's just <laughs> so classic. They probably <laughs> said, put you know, because you put out the big tray, and that's going to be the area where you're going to use to clear the tables. Big deal. He's they were stand-up cocktail tables. It was probably a little table against the wall, and he was like, within eyesight, and he heard clattering. The guy can't help it. He can't. I mean, he can. But he can't. But I think 
He can, but he can't. He can, but he can't, but he's just too busy being an A. Yep. You know. <laughs> Versus a B. Versus a B, <laughs> which he is kind of an A-B. Uh-huh. He, he <laughs> might even be a D. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. Okay, everybody. You know how much we love to get to the airport early and start our vacations early and enjoy ourselves and go shopping and get something good to eat and drink. Um, we hope you will love it too. Listen, there is so much to do at our airport. It is re- number one airport in the in the country for so many reasons. Yeah, and then so they are- many reasons. I mean, I see whenever I go, I can't believe how many people I see doing selfies in front of the mosaic tile, I, all the bathrooms. That is one selfie I want to do because you've never seen such pretty bathrooms. Gail King did it when she flew through Minneapolis. She couldn't believe that there were such gorgeous bathrooms right. at an airport. And they just really have so many cool stores, so many great restaurants, and you can pre-book your parking love that. at MSPAirport.com. Both it's, terminals, too, you can yes, pre-book. Yes, simple, easy, plus they've got the family lot for um, that's the cheapest lot that has 24-7 shuttle service. You're going to love it. MSPAirport.com. Birthday a day early to Mr. Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman. That's Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. I'm kind of hoping Dan Israel sings that tomorrow. That's the name of that song? Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. Oh my gosh, I never, ever knew that. I hope Dan Israel plays that at the third annual Bob Dylan birthday bash at the Turf Club tomorrow night. There's a lot of great people playing. but That's going to be a fun night. I remember playing that song for Aunt Marlene because she liked blowing in the wind. Of yes. course, her favorite, you know, both sides now, Judy Collins, you know. But I said, have you ever heard, you know, that one really, I, I he probably has other bluesy songs. Right. And Boys. I played that and she couldn't believe it was Bob <laughs> Dylan. You know, she just couldn't, couldn't believe it. And there's, I just have a couple of kind of great uh stories for you. So an hour ago, Brian Wilson posts something on Twitter. Of the Beach of, Boys? Yeah, of Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Okay. He said, once I was in the Malibu emergency getting away in, and this guy walked up to me. He had curly hair and was on the short side. He said, are you Brian William Wilson? Yeah, I said, hi. He said, I'm Bob Dylan. Wow. He was there because he'd broken his thumb. We talked a little bit about nothing. I was a big fan of his lyrics, of course, like a Rolling Stones was one of the best songs, you know. And Mr. Tambourine Man and Sol Over Now, Baby Blue, and so many more. What a songwriter. I invited him over to my house for lunch the next day. That was a longer conversation. We just talked and talked about music. We talked about old songs we remembered, songs before rock and roll. We talked about ideas we had. Nice guy. And then he posted the photo of them at his Malibu house. Oh, cute. I know. That's that's so nice. And Bob, uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch has just joined the biopic. um, Bob Dylan? Yeah, a complete unknown where Timothy Chalamet plays Bob Dylan. And, of course, complete unknown, you know, uh, song line. Song line, you know. It is. Yeah. It's Look a at Lori, un- like you unknown. know, like you know, she's trying to be like, like, like a you Rolling get it, Stone, Ellie. like a complete okay, unknown, unknown. Okay. unknown, yeah. All right. The other story I have about Bob Dylan is that, um, I mean, Bob Dylan and Neil Young are friends. They're good, okay. they're great friends, and they've been friends for years. But um, there was a time period when Dylan didn't like uh Neil Young, Young too okay. much. And according to his biographer, Clinton Halen, in a 2009 Rolling Stone article, 
he um, used he wrote a song to mock Neil Young's Heart of Gold. And oh, really? He, I loved that song. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Oh, it was gosh. the big song at the time, Heart of Gold. It would have been about 1973. Yep. And it was a huge, huge song. And it was taken from his now iconic album, Harvest. Everybody had this album. Everyone. Around at the time. And Dylan told this reporter, he said, I turn on the radio and there I am, but it's not me. And the writer thinks that the t- the pun that Dylan is saying in his song is a dig at Neil for imitating song. And the, what he's saying is he's forever young. So here we go. Anyway, Dylan hated Heart of Gold. And, you know, the backing, the backup vocals on that for uh, Heart of Gold was, do you know what it was? On Heart of Gold, um, you know, Young's, uh, James it- Taylor and Linda Ronstead oh. were the backup on Heart of Gold. And Dylan said, I used to hate it when Heart of Gold came on the radio. I always liked Neil, but it bothered me every time I heard that song. It was number one for so long, and I'd say, hell, that sounds like me. If it sounds like me, it should, it might as well be me. Well, that is the weirdest reason ever. I know, but he felt that he kind of copied his sound, and he was getting radio airplay, and he wasn't. So Bob Dylan, he actually writes this song, um, uh, you know, to his children. He had moved to Arizona to get away from New York City and the rabid fans, and that's been covered by everybody. Forever Young. Right. I mean, I think right. Rod Stewart probably right. has does, one of the more yes. famous renditions. Yeah. Miley Cyrus covers it in concert. And I think Bob Dylan really started the new trend of selling your catalog. He Remember, was Out of the, the Blue, it was yeah. like $500 million and sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sold all, and he started the exhibit in like Missouri, the Bob Dylan art. You know, oh yeah, remember? he donated to um, is it a in, school in St. Louis or Missouri? No, I think it's Tulsa. Okay, it could be Tulsa, but somewhere down there. I think it's Tulsa. Somewhere Oklahoma. when you think it would be Minnesota based, yeah. it isn't at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because the guy already had an archive or something. Yes. So anyway, and speaking of Miley Cyrus, she covers British Vogue. We've copied or we've posted a copy of that. Um. Well, here, yeah, I mean, the cover is just spectacular. She She changes her looks all the time. I love it. I'm here for it. I don't know. She's beautiful. She doesn't. She doesn't. I feel like she always kind of seems like authentic. You know, like Gaga changes her style constantly. But Miley Cyrus has always felt like kind of since she stopped being Hannah Montana, a little bit still like her to me. Yeah, that's true. Because Lady Gaga's got Ozempic face. Oh. I mean, I, I'm not even going to call it that. I'm going to no, call that it is Ozempic 12-year-old face, face. But that's Ozempic face. She's on Ozempic, and she has Ozempic face. Gaunt, cheekbones, a it la looks, Kate Moss in the early 90s. She just doesn't look like herself. You guys could Google her. It's yeah. it's shocking. The other thing shocking is for for music, music indie rock fans, Julia, we woke up to the news Um Johnny Marr from the Smiths uh, wrote an Instagram that the bass player of the Smiths, Andy Work, passed away yesterday at the age of 59 of that damn pancreatic cancer. Oh. And the Smiths were only together for five years. 
people know their songs. You might not know the name because Morrissey was the lead singer. Sure. Andy was the bass player. Uh, one of the one of my. I mean, I never really you know pay any attention to the lyrics. Uh, and Ellie, maybe you can find so this that's song. so funny because you're pointing out all these lyrics, and I'm like, I have yeah, I know. But I here's here's a song yeah. of the Smiths that I okay. always loved called "Girlfriend in a Coma." Never paid any attention to the lyrics, but Andy's the bass player, and he meets Johnny Marr when they're when they're kids. I think eleven. He, eleven. Okay. And Johnny's just a couple years old. They were they were both eleven. They started a band called Freak Party. Did a demo in eighty one. A year later, they formed the Smith. Morrissey joins them. They have they have like five great albums. At least twenty twenty five. You punk know, punk rockish kind of. What yeah, you punk say, indie what rock. You say okay, and then they 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 break up. The band breaks up, and also Andy at that time had heroin addiction, and so that might have been one of the reasons. But they break up in eighty seven. They sue each other because Johnny and Morrissey have 40% each of royalties and uh, uh, Andy and the other guy have to split. They each get 10% and they sue each other and there was bad blood. Did they ever make up? They did. Andy played on several of Morrissey's solo songs. He also played and recorded, was bass for Sinead O'Connor, The Pretenders, The Stone Roses, and I started a super group uh, called Freebase with this guy from Stone Roses and another guy from New Order. And he was very, very, very good friends with Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries and Penn probably the sweetest note ever after she passed away. A couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so gosh. do you have Girlfriend in a Coma by the Smiths? No, I never got the title of the song. Oh, sorry, Girlfriend in a Coma. I mean, other songs people know, How Soon Is Now, Ask. Um, oh, what's you the know, other one? You know the all Queen the songs. is Dead. Well, you would recognize them because they got, there was a lot of radio yes. play for these songs. And uh, You want it up? Yeah, play it. It's really serious. That sounds like, actually, it sounds like either Boy George or. Um, oh, it sounds only like Morrissey. No, he sounds like. I hear Boy George a little bit. Yeah, I, I hear it. Thank you. Because this is kind of poppy, a poppier song. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little whiny. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. There we go. We've so, gone down the Smith lane. Yeah, just the Smith and the Cure. You loved both those bands in the 80s. Like, if you loved one, you'd love the other one. They're just the angstiness of everything they're saying. And if you, and if you only loved one, mm-hmm. what the hell was wrong with you? Yeah, you would love both of them, usually. <laughs> that would be the thing. I feel like I knew the Cure. Maybe had heard a couple I Smiths. am sick that I can't go to the Cure because when they were here in like 2018 or 17, that was one of the... It was a great, great show. Robert Smith, lead singer of the Cure, sound... Just like the just like the radio, so right. just like his records, and I think you're having a girls' weekend that weekend that they're playing. I think I am at too. the Excel, but I would highly recommend if you don't have tickets for the Cure, what? I'll check you, it out. I'll check it out. What are you waiting for? What's wrong? Okay, with you? that's just our little musical what the tribute. Heck is wrong with you? All yeah. right, when we come back, mm-hmm. oh, a blast from the past is spoken. We'll be right back. This Lorian Julie. So if you're thinking of your dining room, you're thinking of your family room, you're thinking of your basement room, your bedroom, your living room, whatever (laughs) it is, Furniture Manor has something for you. They are nestled in 
a beautiful store in Osseo, which is about 20 minutes outside of downtown Minneapolis. You just It's right off of 394 and County Road 81. 81 yep. Excuse me. 694 and County Road 81, a little north of um, 694. And it's just when you go there, you're just going to like be like, oh, everything in here is so lovely. It's so, um, it's not overwhelming. It's different than other big box stores that you're going to buy furniture at. Everybody who works there has a design background and can help you spend time with you, listen to what you're looking for, what you need. Plus, their pricing is amazing. You will love Furniture Manor. Tell them Lori and Julia sent you. Thanks for hanging out with us. How do I say goodbye by Dean Lewis? Goodbye. Goodbye. Running up the charts, (laughs) right and left. Okay, happy Friday to everybody. Um, So they're, um, you know, the housewives, they're a thing, Lori. They're a big, 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 (laughs) darn thing. not as big of a thing as the thing you won't talk about because you don't watch it and everybody else in the world is talking about it. Well, whatever. If someone wants to call in and talk to you about it, call in and talk to Lori, (laughs) 651-641-1071. I do have some new juice about um, Selling Sunset. What's that? About Nick Cannon. Okay, so Selling Sunset is coming back tonight on Netflix this weekend. And Brie Tessie, she has a child with Nick Cannon. Do you know who she is? I don't know which realtor she is. (laughs) One of the many. Okay, well, so I only know Chriselle. And yes, I know Chriselle too. And Opperman, the guy that owns it. Um, so Nick Cannon and Tessie have a child together. He's 42. She's 32. In July of 2022, um, she gave birth to a child with Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. And um, number 117. Uh, yep. And so someone asked her if she gets child support from Nick Cannon. She said, well, she said, I think I think I heard that if someone um after having 10 children, they don't have to pay child support. Oh, that's beautiful. I know it. <laughs> and so then the the gal, Tressie, who had the baby with them, says that's true. The way it works is like after 10, the court can basically say he can't afford to pay child support, blah, blah. But none of that matters to her because um, she takes care of herself. Um, she doesn't rely on him for her lifestyle okay, or her she life. She doesn't rely on him, but she gets child support for him. If that's my son, if my son needs something or we do, I ask. That's all I have to do. Mm-hmm. I know he's a good dad, and Nick is not my sugar daddy. Nick is not the reason I'm where I'm at. I she tries to be the best of everything. He did um, give her a Lamborghini for her 32nd birthday. Oh, nice! Which is those are worth about a hundred thousand dollars and then someone on the show says bad baby daddy always comes through or something like that yeah but apparently while they're going out and just have this child she finds out that he's pregnant with someone else's baby and said i didn't know you had an open relationship and so she was very upset about either no so you're gonna find out some of these things so this might be a reason to watch some of the new Mm -hmm. drama because they've kind of shared with us that in this new season, you will see this all unfold okay. with Nick Cannon. I did not realize that Page Six now has a, a podcast. Re- a podcast. Every, Lori, everyone in America does. Oh, great, but Page Six, and, they, and it's kind of cute, virtual reality. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
There is our radio website out there called Reality T, but they spell it in a different way. Right. But so, and I don't know who sits at the table, but um, I feel like when they have to start with Caroline Manzo and her daughter Lauren. Okay, when they when they when that's one of your starting places, um, I don't know. Seems dated. Mm-hmm. Caroline Manzo hasn't been on the New Jersey Housewives in like ten years. Well, she was on the trip for twenty four hours. The ultimate girl. Yes, trip. she was. Is that the one that aired that Brittany hated that said is so bad it's in mm-hmm. Thailand, mm-hmm. or is this the one that hasn't aired? I have no idea, Lori. Okay. I am not as well-versed in any of this. Do you know, Ellie? Did you watch Ultimate Girl's Trip on Peacock? No. She doesn't watch Housewives. (laughs) All right. Give me a little credit. What I've seen is all old seasons. Nothing that's coming out now inspires me in any way, shape, or form. Okay. We'll look and see which episode. Because it's just, it's a one-week trip. And I just don't know if Brandy went to Thailand. There's We've only seen a couple. Because she could be upcoming. Maybe that's why she's on. They're getting ready to release the one that she's on that would Caroline make more Manzo. sense yes yeah. um so we have the audio oh, do we have well then well, let's have the audio and Ellie, don't look up a damn thing yeah well, I, I did just look it up and it is they're going to thailand on this next season it looks like debuting march 24th well that would already happen so it already happened oh yeah. oh oh yeah, yeah it so, already happened so okay. this is this is after Afterwards. and she left thailand because she thought she did not like brandy glanville i believe brandy grabbed her and started to make out with her Yes. Mm-hmm. Without her permission. What, not welcome. Not welcome. Not welcome. So here's Carolyn right, Manzo talking about Real Housewives of New Jersey, which she was on. I've said many, many times, I miss the days of season one, Teresa. Yeah. Yes. I do. Teresa that's Judas. when the innocence of the show, and that's the sadness. That's what makes me so sad. Because we had belly laughs. We were there for each other. We were on this journey Fame is a very, very dangerous thing. And if you are not completely grounded in who you are, you believe the bullshit. Both ways. When everybody says, gee, you love Caroline Manto. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you only know me for what you see on television. Yeah, okay, there we go. That's, why are you stopping it? It was bleeped out. Okay. Yeah. For those that hate me, cool. It's beeped. Nothing comes up. with Teresa. The fame got to her head. And you forgot to understand, and I will stand here to this day, to this moment, okay, in the fact that I have always defended her. Honestly, I don't think Teresa's a bad person. I think she will just step on anybody to get ahead. It's wild to me that now people, especially in the way that the the world is now, that she looked at my mom at that reunion, and she looked at her, look at you, roll, 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 you're fat, blah, 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 and went crazy for me for getting a surgery, and... I was like, do you realize that women kill themselves over what you're saying to people right now? The way that you're speaking to my mother, saying that she's fat, yeah, putting yeah. her looks down. That is like so damaging to people watching and young girls. And no one thought about that. No one thought Basically about Basically what we're hearing is that. Stop it, Yeah, that um, Teresa's a monster. We have known that anybody know. who's watched the show. But everybody. We experienced it having her on our show. She, I mean, that was always the thing I did like about Caroline is she was a straight. She was always a straight, a straight shooter. shooter. And I do think that, you know, fame, I agree with her that fame is a dangerous thing. And if you are not grounded, grounded and that's why it is better to become famous 
later, older, whatever right, than but- young. But Teresa, you know, even if you watched an old uh, 13 years ago, she doesn't look like herself. No. The only thing that is the same about Teresa is that she has a hard time understanding nuance. Mm-hmm. She loses her, uh, she, she gets mad, like hair trigger temper. Right. And she misunderstands what she hears because I don't know that she is that smart. Well, if you use big words around Teresa, if you use an allegory, uh, if you make an example and and if she doesn't understand, if it is not spelled out in black and white, she just loses her Mm -hmm. crap on you. Mm -hmm. And Manzo did tell the, the, the people at page six that she knows who called the feds. On the she Judices. does, but it wasn't her. It wasn't her, and uh, Teresa Judice had accused her of that, and she told the Page Six people, I'm not a rap, but we know who did it. We know who called the feds. Ooh. Wow. It might be Kathy Wakeel, the other cousin that yep. Teresa doesn't talk to. Oh, wow. I know. So, you know, yeah, Caroline, I guess I was skeptical that she was on, but I forgot that she always has a lot to say. She does. Dices and minces. No words. No kidding. We'll be right right back. Lori and Julia.